Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames ring in the new year with a win 4-3 over the Philadelphia Flyers as we welcome you to our Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's uh, Pat Steinberg along with you, and let's go right to the Flames locker room right now, get some uh, postgame reaction from Nazem Kadri, who's standing by right now. Nazem, appreciate the time. Uh, how'd you like uh, the way your group fought tonight? How'd you like the 60-minute uh, effort from your team tonight? Yeah, resi- resilient right to the end. I think uh, you know we, we understood it was going to be a a tough game in terms of uh, not not a whole lot of room out there, and they're a team that uh, plays their, their structure pretty well. So uh, you know I think we did a good job fighting hard right to the end and uh, coming up with big two points. Lots of, lots of stretches to your point, Naz, where you know you had some zone time, but maybe shots not getting through, block shots, and and their structure can be difficult to play through. Uh, how how did you make sure that you uh, didn't get frustrated and uh, just kept with it? Just got to have patience, and sometimes that's easier said than done, but I think, uh, you know, their team, uh, we understood the game plan, and we knew it wasn't going to be an easy night, so uh, credit to them, Um, but I think... we fought through it and was ended up capitalizing on a couple good opportunities. One of those was yours. What did you see on your goal, Naz? I just had some room coming in there. I, uh, you know, thought about the pass, but, you know, they did a good job... uh, taking that away and just kind of I think you know caught the goalie off guard I was looking uh, past the whole way and saw some space low glove so uh, you know just tried to fire off a quick little shot and it went in. Uh, I gotta ask you about your overall team game you talked about it a little bit this morning Naz and and I know you had lost those two games prior to this one but close games and and you were right in those ones just as you go into a new year how are you feeling about the way the team's playing overall? Right I think uh, pretty good you know for the most part obviously you know, our, our standards are high and, uh, you know, we want to be quality every single night. And I think, uh, you know, we've done a pretty good job at that so far this year and, and probably uh, could have a couple more wins. But that being said, it's a tough league to win in and uh, we'll take everyone we can get and hopefully get on our, a bit of a run here. And a final thought for you, Naz. Uh, you're uh, closing in on 900 NHL games, but how cool was it to see Blake Coleman get uh, to number 500 tonight? Uh, it's, it's special for sure. Uh, 500 games, that's, that's, that's a lot of hockey. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard as a professional to, to be mentally and physically prepared night in and night out over the course of uh, that long of a period. So credit to him uh, being a true professional, and uh, I'm happy. You know, he got, he got a couple a couple cookies tonight to yeah. celebrate. Uh, Nas, congrats on the goal. Congrats on the win. Thanks so much for doing this, hey? Uh, all right, thanks, guys. That's Nazem Kadri postgame following a Flames 4-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. We are underway on our Flames Talk postgame show this evening. It's Pat Steinberg with Megan Mickelson. Derek Wills will join us very shortly as well. We'll be uh, joined by Flames assistant coach Kale McLean pretty shortly as well. But, uh Mick, uh, I, I thought one of those nights where maybe the Flames were just a, a slight bit better for most of it. It was a pretty close game. It could have gone either way, but Nas used the word resilient. I think you used the word resilient upstairs mm-hmm. as well. They, they they stuck with it and uh, found a way to come away with uh, two points to snap a losing skid at just two. Yeah, I think after the first period as well, I mean, they were down one nothing, but the quality of scoring chances that they had in that first period alone, they were playing some really good hockey and, you know, credit to them to just stick with it, stick to their game uh, and what they were doing and continuing to create some really good scoring chances. And yeah, like I said, and like Naz said, that was a resilient effort by the group. You like to see them uh, produce as much offense as they did as well.
Yeah, they were down a goal through 20 minutes tonight, but I actually quite liked them in the first period. And as you said at the start of the second, Megan, just kind of stick with it. And if you keep playing this way, sooner or later, you're probably going to get rewarded. And they got the game back to even before the end of two periods. And then a wild third period that I certainly didn't see coming with how tight checking this hockey game was and how hard it was to score the first 40 minutes. But uh, a fun third period. The Flyers pulled their goal tender four times I think they score a couple of goals with their goalie on the bench and an extra attacker on the ice but yeah the Flames able to got this one out and uh, head into the new year with a win I was actually uh I was surprised to see that they kept them pulled kept Erson pulled right after they got back within one and there was more than three minutes to go yeah. I was thinking that's to myself, exactly what I said yeah as well. I yeah. was like what wouldn't you want to just like wait a little bit yeah. and and I get it they had just scored so maybe trying to run John Tortorella's won more Stanley Cups than I have yeah. so I, I I grant you that he probably knows more than I do I just that was a little surprising so you caught on to that too yeah I mentioned it to Wilsey at the end of the game just in that I you would think that they would wait even a, a minute yeah. minute and a half uh to pull the goalie again but like you said John Tortorella I mean he knows what he's doing yeah, it was weird. Uh, okay, I guess we got to start about the uh, or, or start with or get to uh, the big stories of this game. The marquee matchup on our pregame show brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Willsey was hey they they made some changes to their forward lines and and the most significant one was moving Huberdeau to the line with uh, Lindholm and Sharon Govich and moving Manjapani to the line with Coleman and Backlund. Well, Manjapani finishes with three primary assists in the win and Jonathan Huberdeau had an uh, unbelievable first period and looked pretty good all night long and then gets the primary assist on the go-ahead goal to make it 2-1. Doesn't end up being the game winner, but the Flames didn't uh, trail and didn't look back from there. So I would say uh, one night only anyway, uh, you're happy with what you saw from Huberto, with what you saw from Mangiapane, and I dare say you like what you saw from the line combos as well. Yeah, I certainly did, and I'm not surprised that the line of Backlund, Mangiapane, and Coleman worked because... Why wouldn't it? It's always worked. So, you know, they go back to that line, and uh, like I said, it's almost like they just picked up this season where they left off last season. So good to see Andrew Mangiapane get off the schneid. Doesn't break his uh, goal to streak, but uh, does get three assists, which is uh, a season high for points in a game for him. And then I thought Jonathan Huberto was really dangerous in the first half of the hockey game, so it was great to see him get rewarded for creating some good scoring opportunities for the team and and he had some good scoring chances himself and getting a point who knows what might get this guy going so I I like the forward lines the defense pairings for the most part I liked I just thought one guy had an off night and that was Mackenzie Weger and I, I have to cut him some slack I think he's been the Flames best defenseman this season not only does he move from a pairing with Rasmus Anderson who's probably been their second best defenseman this season at least as far as two-way guys go but he moves from the left side to the right side and then he was playing at a couple of different pairings because him and Anderson were back together at times maybe it was kind of all of that mixing and matching and, and moving around that threw him off a little bit tonight but other than that I quite liked what I saw the, the changes Ryan Huska made yeah, I did as well, and particularly Jonathan Huberto. It looked like he just had a little bit more of a, a jump in his step, and that was something we talked about in the game against Seattle, just the por- importance of him moving his feet. Yeah. And he was doing more of that in this game, and looked like he was second-guessing himself less uh, and was just going out there and playing and making plays. So liked the way that he responded to the change. And uh, I also like him with 
uh, Yegor Sharangovich as well. And just the fact that with the plays that he's able to make, that he has a shooter like Sharangovich. There was one pass that Huberto made in the first period to Sharangovich. He got a one-timer off. And that very easily could have been a goal. So uh, a really solid night by Jonathan Huberto. Uh, liked Andrew Majapani's game as well. There's definitely something to be said for being put with players that you are very comfortable with when you're struggling a little bit to to play well, to play your game, and in his case, to generate offense. So you have to think that that factored into that as well, just that level of comfortability in helping him with his confidence. And I would definitely agree with Wilsey in, in terms of Mackenzie Weger. Just having a little bit of an off night, uh, wasn't shooting the puck as well as he has been uh, over the course of the season. But you know, you have to give him credit as well. He has played so well for this team, and you're not going to play your best hockey all 82 games of the year. So an off night here and there is okay, just as long as you don't string a bunch of those together. The other thing I like about that line, again, in theory, is that you've got your best passer in Huberdeau playing with, I think, your two best shooters at forward. in Lindholm, who's a right shot, and Sharon Govich, who's a left shot. So I know it didn't work earlier in the season, but I think this is what Ryan Huska envisioned was this line working on the ice. Uh, it hadn't prior to tonight, but I think it was a good step in the right direction. And Pat, as we talked about last week, when you swap Huberto and Mangiapane, even if you get one of those lines going, that's a win, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the, the, the Lindholm line, solid. Yeah. Uh, over 70% on the 5-on-5 uh, five five possession side of things by shot share in the game uh, and uh, generated some opportunities. And uh, who had on their scorecard Dennis Gilbert burying the uh, gorgeous <laughs> Jonathan Huberdeau pass for the go-ahead goal. Gilbert with the uh, go-ahead marker. Flames didn't look back from there. It is uh, Pat Steinberg, Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills on your Flames Talk postgame show. And now Flames assistant coach Kale McLean joins us here in the hot stove lounge to break this one down. Um, the, the word that Nazem Kadri used with us a little earlier, and we've used a couple of times, pretty resilient effort from your group tonight. What'd you like? Yeah, I thought that we stuck with it for sure. It was uh, a solid first period, but we didn't get a lot of result. Um, had some decent ozone possession. Second period, I thought we did a really good job through the middle of the ice in order to gain ozone, but we didn't get much in the line of chances other than our goal later on. So I think that the guys, you know, deserve credit for, you know, staying with the game plan. Uh, eventually, we broke through with the Dennis Gilbert goal in terms of uh, taking the lead. But overall, um, we did give them some things for free through the first couple of periods. But other than that, I thought that uh, structurally and in terms of uh, persistence, we were pretty solid. Well, the game against Seattle, there you guys talked um, and Ryan talked a bit about being in the offensive zone but being on the perimeter a little bit too much. Uh, did you see that again from the group tonight or did you see a little bit more of an effort to get to the interior? I thought I saw some more interior. There was a few times we were on the interior. I think we could do a little bit better job of getting all the way through the shot lane when it's coming in terms of, you know, it's one thing to be inside and next to the goalie. It's a whole nother thing to flash through the shot lane as the puck is arriving. Um, but I thought that in the first period, I would say we did a better job of getting inside. We had some 
diagonal plays in the offensive zone down to Oysterly. Um, we had one to Rasmus Anderson. We had another one to Osterly. Um, and I think that we did a good job of finding slot opportunities. And, the uh, you know, we did score from the slot with a backland goal. But I just didn't think in the second period we did as good a job of that. I thought they did a better job of keeping us to the outside. Three new lines, three new pairings tonight. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll ask this open-ended question. Did you like uh, some of the new combos you saw? Yeah, for sure. I did. I thought that um, Huberto played uh, with, uh, I think, some good jump in terms of he and um, Sharon Govich connected a few different times in Lindy. I thought that he had a solid game offensively in terms of creating. Obviously, he had the, the pass to Gilbert, which was a huge play in the game. Um, I thought that the Manji, like, it's like, you know, just insert here and, <laughs> and all of a sudden those three guys, Manji and Bax and Coleman, they're so effective together. Yep. And it's almost comical when you see them, you know, all of a sudden they're playing together and next thing you know, the puck's bouncing and following them around. And I think it's like a karma thing in terms of work ethic and um, just uh, creating chances as a result. Um, and D wise, I thought there was some, you know, some solid play, especially in the second period. That's where I really liked how we managed the puck and we got the puck through the middle of the ice onto our mainly centermen or man in the middles tape a lot. Chris Tanev was directly responsible for three or four of them, but I thought that the guys did a good job in that period of sort of churning the momentum for us to get us going. We're chatting with Cal McLean, Flames assistant coach following tonight's 4-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. Just uh, a word we asked uh, Ryan Huska this morning about it, so we'll ask you post-game and, and in his 500th game, a goal and an assist for Blake Coleman. It's uh, a game-winning empty netter as well. It goes down yeah. as the game winner on top of it, but just to, to see him hit that milestone and uh, you've worked with Blake since he's gotten here just how cool is that from your perspective yeah I, I you know it's really cool it's it's amazing I think when you just think of these NHL players that they're they're fortunate enough to play 500 games or seven or a thousand I think that's an incredible feat to be you know the one of the best in the world for that amount of time and when it comes to Blake Coleman um, I could go on and on. I just think the world of him, I think he treats everyone around him with a lot of respect in that dressing room. I think that he treats the game with a lot of respect. And he's an honest, uh, everyday kind of guy in terms of the work ethic he brings and what he's willing to do for his team. So to see him having the success that he's having this year, couldn't be happier for him, as I know uh, many are in the same boat as me. Like he's just a, he's a quality person. And uh, he's someone that we're real proud to have on our team and also someone that we're real happy to have uh, in terms of modeling the kind of character that you want to see as an identity of the Flames, sort of the young guys coming in. That's well, awesome. We've heard so much about what a, a great guy, great teammate that he is. What do you think has been the difference in terms of the success that he's had, uh, especially from an offensive standpoint this season? I think there, you know, I, I do think that obviously he's had great chemistry with Backland and whether it's Manjapani or, uh, you know, they did some damage with Huberto. I think that that uh, chemistry aside, I think, you know, there is a little bit of confidence that comes with finding the opportunity or finding the goals and it sort of builds on itself. But at the same time, I think uh, Coles has done a good job of having some poise with the puck, like through the neutral zone. I think that he's created a fair amount of ozone time for his line 
by being you know poised on the exits of our zone and being poised through the middle of the ice whether it's getting off the wall and attacking inside or whether it's um you know maybe just having a little more uh, patience to chip to speed kind of thing and i think once you get him into the other zone like his stick and his trickiness and his work ethic are going to create those turnovers i think he's done a good job from say our hash marks to the blue to the far blue line that's where i think his game is picked up and so it's pretty cool to see him getting results Cal, the flames win their final game of 2023 and you're back to within one game of 500 uh, to within five points of the second wild card spot but as we get set for the calendar to flip from 2023 to 2024 just your thoughts on how the season has gone so far and the direction the team's going in right now i, I you know what i really like the way our team you know if you if you take the last month of games and you look at overall, if you have to sort of average it out, our average level of um, stick-to-itiveness, our average level of um, structural, you know, solid play has been really good, I think. I think we're going in a good direction. And it's taken, you know, it took a while at the beginning of the year to to sort of establish some aspects of our game systematically. I like the way they're going. There's still nights where we're giving too much for free, and it was a bit of a, um, uh, a hard one to bring home tonight. But in general, I like the way we're defending, and I think that we're doing some good things in terms of trying to generate and give our um, our teammates a good opportunity at offense. So. So overall, I'm happy with the direction we're going. It's a grind, though, but mm-hmm. that's the NHL. Yep. Yep. You know, got to keep going. Uh, happy New Year, Kale. Appreciate the time. Happy New Year, guys. Year. Happy, New Year. happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good luck on the road, hey? Okay, thank you. Kale McLean, Flames uh, assistant coach, joining us here on our uh, Flames Talk postgame show. Happy New Year, hey? Uh, Flames take a 4-3 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers to close out the calendar year of 2024, uh, and they will uh, roll into Minnesota to kick off a four-game road trip on Tuesday. Let's select tonight's hardest-working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest-working plumber? or HVAC tech, Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. All right, Mick, who are we going with tonight for our hardest working flame? I think I'm losing track of how many times <laughs> I've given this guy the hardest working flame, but it has to go to Blake Coleman, obviously playing in his 500th game, a goal and an assist, and just continues to play so well for this group both defensively and offensively and just thought that he had a a really good game and it I mean it's hard not to pick him as the hardest working flame a lot of nights because he just gives it his absolute all every single time he is out there and did that again tonight so Blake Coleman is tonight's hardest working flame it's brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements learn from the best send your resume to jobs at Canyon Plumbing com and uh, yes next up a uh, tough uh, four game road trip the Flames will go on they'll play four and six uh, and it starts Tuesday against the team they're chasing in this Western Conference playoff battle uh, in fact two teams they're chasing uh, first Minnesota then Nashville uh, starting on Tuesday night um, our phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 text line is open at 960-960 so if you want to jump in now's the time to do so we'll be getting going there in just a couple of minutes but first some final thoughts from our broadcast duo on this 4-3 New Year's Eve win for the Flames over the Philadelphia Flyers starting with Megan Mickelson yeah uh 
a resilient win, I would say, and a, a nice job by the group to find ways to generate offense. I do agree with Kale, and he said that he felt like they gave up a little bit too much just in terms of the turnovers. I'm a, I'm a stickler with the turnover because I hated them so much when I was a player that they could eliminate some of those turnovers and the opportunities that they're giving up. So if there's one thing to clean up moving forward, I would say it's definitely that. But at the end of the day, you come out with a win. Jacob Markstrom had some timely saves as well, something that we haven't mentioned, but uh, a resilient effort by the group and they just they continue to to push if the flames are going to really get back into the playoff race they're going to need their top players to be their top players on a much more regular basis in the final what do we have 46 games of the regular season and i thought tonight was a really good step in the right direction jonathan huberto had a really good game I know he made a couple mistakes, but uh, you can live with those when he's setting his teammates up and putting himself in a position to score. And I thought he had four or five or six really nice passes that led to scoring chances, and it was good to see him snap his 12-game pointless streak. And I give it to the Sea of Red. Uh, tip my cap to them because the ovation they gave him when they announced his goal, uh, the primary assist on that Dennis Gilbert goal, that had to make him feel really good. And I tip my cap to you, Pat, for making him the third star because yeah. doing that little lap probably made him feel feel really good. Listen, he's your guy. You've got him for the next seven and a half years. Try to pick him up is what I say. So that's a job well done. Andrew Majapani who, much like Jonathan Huberto, has been struggling to to meet expectations, both his expectations and everybody's expectations. He has a big night being reunited with Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman, putting up uh, a season-high three points. And uh, the second star in this game has probably been, I talked about a lack of consistency with some of the top players. Well, he's probably been the most consistent player on the team this season. So good to see Blake Coleman in his 500th NHL game score a goal and add an assist and uh, take a, a little lap as the second star tonight. But it was a fun hockey game, especially once we got to the third period and the two teams battled back and forth a little bit. And I know the Flames aren't in the position they want to be heading to 2024, but they are where they are. And I think they've been playing some pretty good hockey. So let's hope the team continues to trend in the right direction and that they make things interesting for us uh, heading into a new calendar year. Uh, thanks, you guys. Uh, first half of the season or first half or so of the season has been a lot of fun. Looking forward to, to more of the same in 2024. And just uh, a happy new year to all of our coworkers and sponsors and listeners. Uh, hope everybody has a safe, fun New Year's Eve and uh, look forward to being back with you in the new year. Yes. Happy New Year, friends. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Happy um, New Year to everyone. Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills signing off for uh, 2023. Uh, get it? Because uh, there's no more flame stocks in 2023. So. Well, you're going to be on in two <laughs> years tonight, Pat. Uh, see you next no, year. No, you won't be. It's 9-12. <laughs> Normally, they play at 8 o'clock on New Year's Eve. So Pat is on right until the clock hits midnight, right? Oh. Yeah, it won't be tonight. Not tonight. you got plenty of time to wrap this up and, and have a beverage. So good night and have fun. Okay, bye, friends. Bye. bye. Uh, Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills signing off on this Sunday New Year's Eve. And uh, we're just about to hear from uh, head coach Ryan Huska, just about to come in, and we will uh, hear from the head coach in just seconds time. Following a 4-3 Flames win over the Philadelphia Flyers, they will finish the calendar year. The Flames will 15-16-5. Uh, they also won't have have to wait long to see Philadelphia again because they're on this upcoming road trip. It'll go Minnesota, Nashville, then
then Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, it's the Flyers. Uh, so uh, two games against Philly in six days, including Saturday morning, and this one, a 4-3 win in regulation. Okay, let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. He just wrapped up in the Ed Whalen Media Lounge right now. We just talked to Dennis Gilbert, and you know he, he was just so openly thrilled about, about scoring that goal and, and contributing in that way. Just what's it? Uh, I mean, and I guess, what do you like about seeing a guy like that get rewarded in that way? I guess uh, another guy that you know you, you talk about guys that have been called up. Dennis hasn't been in that situation this year, but started the year at times in and out of the lineup. And he's 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 a hardworking kid, but he's got a great personality about him. So when you see people like that have success or have a good game like he did tonight. Uh, you're happy for him, for sure. Yeah. And then, sort of similar, Rainbow, like Hugo getting that assist, and you seemed like you played really well tonight. What did yeah. you say to him, and what can that game do for him? I thought he had a good game tonight. He was creating in the first period. I mean, we didn't give up a lot. Uh, that line, unfortunately, was on the ice for the couple chances that we gave up, but they also generated the bulk of our chances that period, too. So I, I felt that that line was good tonight for the most part, and Jonathan made some plays with the puck and it was nice uh, it was a nice setup on Dennis's goal for sure what did you think of Andrew Mangiapane's play I thought that line was really good tonight you know they they played against the Couturier line the majority part of the night and they did a good job with that I thought Andrew skated and Andrew was around the puck a lot tonight and that's something that we often talk about with him seeing Mangiapane get three assists and, and Huberto get his assist and bust that slump is it fair to kind of call tonight as a bit of a building block for them to enter 2024 with a clean slate and, and try to build on that? Sure. You feel good about your game. They should. I mean, that's at the end of the night, whether you score or don't score, if you put in an effort and you work the way you're supposed to work, you should leave the rink feeling good about yourself. So um, both those guys to me tonight put the proper effort in. Um, their work was there. Their compete was there. And uh, it's nice that, you know, guys that we expect to generate for us get rewarded when they're, when they're putting in the proper effort for sure. Is it important for those guys to get that reward, though? I mean, you know, as much as you can laud their hard work, yeah. sometimes it's the points that kind of fuels them a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and that's even we talk about Dennis. I mean, everybody, <laughs> when you leave the rank and you score or you get an assist, you feel a little bit better about yourself. And sometimes when players don't play well and they get a point, they leave the rank thing thinking that they played well. And it's funny the way it works, but it does make you feel good about yourself. You know, so um, for two guys that have been struggling a little bit, they will, um, I'm sure, enjoy tonight a little bit more, and then on the plane tomorrow, it's just a nicer flight for guys like that. We, we'd ask you a little bit about the D pairings being a little bit different in practice. Like, what did you see out of some of those new combinations that were out there for a little bit? Uh, I thought they were good. I mean, there was a couple um, situations where we gave the puck back to Philadelphia tonight, and we, um, you know, you, you hurt yourself a little bit when you're giving up chances like that off of your, off a of puck play that you know we need to continue to get better at but I thought they did a good job and like we talked about this morning you saw Andy and, and Weeks together a fair bit they both logged a lot of minutes for us so it's it's just a different way for for us to use the righty lefty combo and and still find a way to to give our big four guys if you want to call it that the proper minutes I had to rewrite my game story about four times in those last yeah. five minutes what's that like for you as a coach not fun <laughs> like you know they were going to pull the goalie when they have that chance um when they were kind of at the end of that power play there. Um, they score one. It's nice to see us score it again. You know they're going to pull them again. So it's uh, it's something that we have to look at to give up two six-on-five goals. You don't want to do that. You want to be able to lock the game down. And I think it a little bit started in the neutral zone for us in those situations. So it's something that we'll have to look at and, and fix. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, I'm a terrible resolution guy. I'll tell myself things that I want to do, and I usually last about two, three days, like getting into the gym. It'll probably last two or three days. <laughs> yeah.
There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska on New Year's Eve. His team takes a 4-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. Tonight's game has been brought to you by South Point Toyota. It's New Year's Eve, which uh, means the phone lines are usually pretty thin, which I appreciate A and B understand. Uh, so no pressure. Uh, we'll go for as long as we need to go, phone calls or no phone calls. But if you want to chat, we'll wish you a happy Flames Talk New Year's at 403-240-4444. Phone lines. And you won't get any busy signal tonight, I can guarantee you that. Uh, the text line, 960-960, got some text to read on this uh, Sunday night as well. Flames win 4-3 over the Philadelphia Flyers. Our Flames Talk postgame show is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts and live right here. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk postgame show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, Flames win 4-3 over the Philadelphia Flyers tonight as they finish off the calendar year of 2023 with a victory. They will finish the calendar year of 2023 at 15-16-5. And Tuesday night, they kick off a four-game road trip against a team they absolutely need to beat, and that is the Minnesota Wild, especially knowing Minnesota's already beat them twice this year. So this is the third game of the season series. Flames definitely need to uh, pick up a victory on Tuesday night at XL Energy Center. What's going on? It's Pat Steinberg along with you. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line is open at 960-960. We'd love to hear from you on either medium. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Thought it was a largely positive night for the Flames. Thought they did some good things. Thought they got uh, some good goaltending from Jacob Markstrom. Uh, I thought that uh, it was it was really promising to see Jonathan Huberdeau get the assist, and it wasn't a you know it wasn't a cheap second assist on a second empty netter of a game. It was the primary on a beautiful pass for what was not the game winner but what was the go-ahead goal and probably the most important goal of the game. Huberdo was dangerous all night. That was uh, really important to see. I also think it was important to see that line play well together. Huberdo, Lindholm and Sharon Govich played 11 minutes and 46 seconds together tonight. Uh, they were a 70.4% possession line. 19-8 to 8 were shot attempts when that line was out there. Scoring chances were 7-5, to five. Uh, so I thought that was positive because you're looking for that line to find some chemistry, so you get a bit of a check mark on that if you're the Flames. Uh, and I thought the backland line just was, as per usual, Backlund, Coleman, Mangiapane got the job done. They were the only line on the team who had more defensive starts than offensive starts. They combined for some goals. Uh, Backlund had the extremely important game-tying goal. You just know that when Mangiapane is with Coleman and Backlund, it's going to be a good line. Coleman had two points, Backlund had a goal, and Mangiapane had three points. So, they weren't all scored on the line together, but that trio of individuals combined for six points in the win as well, so that was a big-time positive, too. Uh, but yeah, I think Jonathan Huberto is going to be one of the ones that we talk about a lot. Let's hear from Jonathan as he spoke inside the Flames locker room following a 4-3 win over Philly. Obviously, to get the win had to be paramount for everybody. Just the way that one was going, a little bit hairy there near the end. But the idea of you playing what, from our vantage point, looked one of your more complete games. How'd that one feel for you? Uh, yeah, it felt great. I mean, I think, uh, like I said, uh, you know, uh, yesterday, I think you know it's been, uh, I think I've been playing better lately, so making plays and. You know, of course, it worked out on, on one play tonight, but I thought, you know, overall, play well. Our line, we had we had some looks, so we had some chances. So it was good, you know, for our first game back together. 
it's good to get some good looks. And I thought, you know, we worked hard tonight. It wasn't an easy game and came through with it. So. How did it feel to get that assist? Uh, I mean, obviously, it feels good. It has been a while. But I think, you know, it's more like uh, about the whole game. I think creating stuff, I mean, I know it's going to come in. And it's not like you get a point and you got to relax. I think it, every game has got to be like that, you know, creating stuff. I, I got to be an offensive guy here and then got to create stuff. Plays every time I won the ice. What's up? What was different? Oh, tonight, even beyond the assist, you're really engaged in the first period. You had a few looks. Like, what was different about tonight, maybe than the previous game? Shot? Yeah, I think uh, you know the, the confidence, just making the plays that when they're there. I think not complicated yourself, and you know that's what I did tonight. So I just got to build on that. And they'll do the same thing over and over again. It looked like Dennis Gilbert. He knew that one was in before it was even in. Like, uh, <laughs> like almost like Steph Curry celebrating as it came out. Did you know? Yeah, I know, I know. This guy likes to sell It's kind of choked that was in. The, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was a uh, really good Gibby. He's a, he's a great guy. So it was, you know, good, nice goal. Was it his first season? First day, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, he's working hard. You know, get rewarded. So it's great. When, when the D are being active, how does that help your game? It's good. I think you, that's when you're going to create, you know, Fortman ice. That, that's what you need. I think, you know, that's when, you know, every team kind of do when they generate offense. So it's good to see the D coming in, and I think you try to find find that late guy. Does that come sort of at a perfect time for you, the calendar flipping in a couple hours here? Like, this is done. Do you look at it as sort of a, a perfect time to, to get that off? Yeah, I think we wanted to end, end the year on a great note, and, you know, that's what we did. So I think... You know, we're right there. I feel we just got to put some, some wins together, you know, get get right back in it. And I thought, you know, we, we had some few days off, and I think we took advantage of that, and, you know, we, we play well in the third. Did it feel like as crazy those last couple of minutes on ice level as it did from the press box? <laughs> it did. I mean, you know, you're always like, you're up two, and then they scored a, the, the last one, hit my, my skate, and went in. And I think, you know, you, you never know in, the, in, in this league. I think it, the momentum can change, you know, right away. But I think we, we stuck with it. You know, we know we're good defensively, so that's what we, we did at the end. That is Jonathan Huberdeau postgame as he picks up an assist as part of a Flames 4-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. So uh, does not go the entire month of December without a point. Look, we all know that Jonathan's numbers are nowhere near what they need to be. We all know that it has been a frustrating year two after a frustrating year one as a member of the Flames for Jonathan. We all know that he needs to produce drastically more in the second half of the season uh, based on what his contract is. Nobody is disputing that, and nobody is glossing over that. However, it is what it is. You're still looking for him to make improvements. You're still looking for him to take steps forward, and I thought tonight was a step forward for him. I thought he played well, uh, and I thought that uh, he was very dangerous in the first period and, and stayed effective as the night went along. So uh, that was good to see as uh, we continue along here on our Flames Talk, pod, uh, Flames Talk postgame podcast. Pat Steinberg along with you. You know, uh, Jacob Markstrom did not get one of the three stars, but I also thought he was a big part of this victory for the Flames. It's time for the save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. Another start for Jacob Markstrom and his save of the game comes in period number three. For York, moves at far quarter to Farabee. He plays it up for York who slides it across, connecting, shoots. That shot gets knocked down. Couturier centers. Farabee is stopped by Markstrom who does an upside down snow angel to keep the puck out. 
That was one of the 28 stops made by Jacob Markstrom tonight, and that is his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kidsport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Yeah, solid night for Jacob. Uh, I thought that his work in the first 40 minutes specifically was crucial in keeping Calgary in, and I thought Philadelphia looked very dangerous specifically in the middle period in the second period they had opportunities and if Jacob lets one in this Flyers team would have ground you to death to try to to try to close out a two-goal victory as it was they scored one and and tried to submit you into a a, a one-goal loss but um had they scored a second, that would have been a really difficult hole for the Flames to to dig out of. And so I, I thought Markstrom's work in keeping it one nothing was huge. So I thought a really, really solid night again for Jacob as he continues to play some really solid hockey. Okay, let's get to the text line for the first time tonight at 960-960, starting with Kyle, who says, Happy New Year's Eve, Pat. I've been one of Huberto's biggest critics. It's been no secret, but I've said since the beginning that if he's struggling offensively, he should be contributing in other ways. Make a second effort, dig in the corner, force turnovers, throw your body around, and the plays will come. And that's what I saw tonight. What a game from Huberdeau. This, is my opinion, was his best performance in two years. He made mistakes because he took risks with confidence. Mistakes happen, but when you work to rectify it, it's forgivable. He was outstanding, and I think that it should be recognized since I've bagged on him enough. He deserves the night. I feel bad for Uyghur with all the changes. Best play of the night goes to Backlund's goal, his first, second, third, and eventually fourth effort were spectacular and then he got rewarded for it great game all around that comes from Kyle um, thank you uh, to Seb for his uh, Happy New Year's wishes. Uh, as to you, Seb from McKenzie, uh, Happy New Year. Thanks for being along and part of the Flamestock family all year long. This one comes from Ash. Happy New Year. If the ABC line is ever split up again, I'm going to be livid. As far as I'm concerned, they should remain together until one of them's ever moved or leaves in free agency. Yeah, I mean, it's a line you always know you can go back to. And when it works the way that it did tonight, and that it typically does. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a large proponent of keeping that line together myself. So the ABC line, of course, being Andrew, Blake, and, oh, Backland, and Coleman. Um, or it could be Andrew, Blake, and Captain. You could do that as well. Andrew, Backland, and Coleman, or Andrew, Blake, and Captain. Either way, the ABC line works, and it worked tonight, no doubt about it. Uh, this says, what happened with the Flyers when they created the delay of game with their goalie? Missed that, just saw him throwing his helmet. Well, that was the delay of game, because... So essentially what Erson was trying to do, and I don't know if he was attempting to do this or just thought his helmet was loose and panicked and threw it off. I don't know. I'm not him. But what happens is typically if a goaltender's helmet gets loose and a strap gets undone or something and it comes off the head, the officials have to blow it down immediately. I believe this comes from Flames Talk fan member Aaron Vickers. I believe as soon as an official sees that a strap is loose, they're supposed to, to call it and, and blow the whistle. Now, that's hard to do. You have to be really paying attention to, you know, like a one foot, uh, one square foot of area to, 
to be able to catch that. So, yeah, a lot of times uh, an official's not going to catch that. But as soon as that mask comes off the head, they've got to blow it dead, which they did. They made the correct play. But credit to Nazem Kadri, who was pointing immediately at, hey, he threw his helmet off because he did. And the officials conversed, and then they called the correct play. It was a delay of game because he did indeed throw his helmet off. So that's why uh, it took a little bit longer than normal. Brandon Bridgeland says, watch the game from the Dome tonight. Thought it was a very well-rounded game from the Flames. The tweak in the lineup seemed to work, too. I thought every line showed up, especially the Backland and Lindholm lines. Even though Huberdeau had just the one assist, he set up a bunch of prime scoring chances and could have scored a couple himself. And shout-out to Tanev, who I thought had a quietly strong game. Smart decisions defensively and noticed a lot of great breakout passes that led to a few chances off the rush. Overall, a fun game to wrap up the year and I hope everyone has a safe New Year's. Yeah, I'm with you, Brad. I thought I thought um, there were three or four just elite breakout passes made by Chris Tanev. Don't show up on the score sheet. He doesn't get credit for him anywhere, but... Just a couple of plays that he made to split a couple forwards. The vision to be able to, instead of going the easy play, and I'm not saying it's ever a bad play to go off the boards and out, but instead of doing that, he saw a little bit of an opening and went through a couple of forwards and passed it right up the middle in a good way and, and hit somebody on the tape. He did that two or three times tonight, just that that description alone. So, yeah, another really strong game from Chris Tanev. And let's be honest, usually his best games are very quiet games because he just seems to do everything right, and that can be pretty unspectacular, but it also is a thing that helps you win hockey games. Um, Leandro, Happy New Year to you as well. Um, this from Will and BC says, well, that was fun. Nice to see uh, them end the year with a win. I think it's time to trade Markstrom for a few reasons. He's playing better than last season, which makes him more marketable at a time when the market for goalies is high. Time to get assets for him. Also, he's going to be 34 soon. So he's not the future of this team. I'd be willing to live with Vladar and Wolf the rest of the season if some assets could be added and see where that goes. Unless they're plan- planning a Stanley Cup parade with Markstrom, I think it's time. Any thoughts? I think it's definitely worth a conversation in the next, say, six months, seven months, eight months. Um, that includes between now and the March 8th trade deadline where I think that, yes, there is still a conversation that needs to be had. I just think it is more difficult to acquire a goaltender of Markstrom's caliber and more so of Markstrom's cap hit. It's a little bit more difficult to do that in season, whereas I think in the off season you'll have more takers and you'll have more ability to make that happen so in saying all that will yes I do absolutely agree that number one you got to have a conversation with Jacob this is where we see the team going and are you cool to be a part of that do you want to be a part of where this team is going and and if that is a team going in a slightly different direction a la if that is a team that is going to be a little bit younger and maybe takes a slight competitive step back are you willing to be a part of that and he'd be well within his rights to say no that's not something I'm super keen on and just knowing Jacob the guy is dialed on one thing more than anything else and that's winning he's only got two years left on his contract as Will said he's going to be 34 soon so I think you need to have the conversation with him first and then if you know there's a desire for him maybe to look elsewhere I think then you have to start to explore it and and if you can I, I think that conversation needs to be had between now and the trade deadline and probably sometime early in the new year and then 
I think you can start to explore it. Again, I think it'd be easier to make that move out of season in the summertime, but not completely impossible to do it in season. And I keep going back to New Jersey. Every time Jacob Markstrom's name is mentioned, a New Jersey fan is in my mentions on Twitter talking about Jacob Markstrom and how he'd be a great fit with the Devils. So there you go. Uh, one, one more text from Dylan who says, uh, excuse me, uh, how's that for instant chemistry with Huberdeau and Sharon Govich? Hopefully that turns into something really nice. And who had Gilbert on their card as the first guy all year to bury a great feed from Huberdo. Good game to watch. Now sell. Happy New Year's, Pat. That comes from Dylan. Great stuff on the text line at 960-960. Now let's hit the phone lines at 403-240-4444. Flames win 4-3 over the Philadelphia Flyers on this Sunday New Year's Eve night. It's Steinberg along on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Kicking us off tonight is Travis. What's up, Trav? Hey, Patty. Um, happy New Year, my What's friend. Up? And um, thanks for the you as great well. year. Thanks for the great year with all the hard work you've done. We really appreciate it as Flames fans. Um, I pretty much listen to every Anytime, show. If you know I don't that. Listen at, yeah, if I don't listen at nighttime, I definitely listen to the to the podcast on Spotify. So I pretty much listen to almost every Flames talk. So um, I do really appreciate the show. Um, and just on the season, yeah, good game tonight. You know, one thing I think we could say about the Flames all year is a lot of exciting games. The effort's there on most nights. I don't think they've had too many off nights of where the effort wasn't there. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Um you know, even even going back to the two seven and one October, I never felt like they they were dogging it with efforts on a consistent basis. I mean, every team, uh, no matter who they are, are going to have nights where the effort isn't as strong. That's just the the nature of playing an eighty two game season. But uh, I think more far more often than not, in fact, you've come to expect a strong work ethic from the Calgary Flames, right? You've come to expect a team that uh, is not going to quit um, and a team that is going to stick with their details as best they can, and and the work ethic is never going to be cheated and I thought that this game against Philadelphia was a great example I thought the Seattle and LA games were really good example the execution isn't always going to be a 10 out of 10 but you can usually count on that compete level and that work ethic and I think that's a credit to the team I think it's credit to Ryan Huska and his first year as head coach it's a it's a good baseline to set for sure yeah I think what it comes down to the last couple seasons kind of since Goudreau and Kachuk have, have left is we don't quite have that game breaker right and so, so you could work hard many nights and not have that success when you don't have uh, really potent players that you could put out that could really change the game quickly, you know? And that's something this team doesn't have yeah. and does lack. So I think that's part of it. Um, um, just something on Hubert. Oh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's been a frustrating time for probably a lot of people. I haven't been that hard on on myself. I... I appreciate the guy and he has a good attitude and, um, you know, he, 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 stuff on him too, but I see a lot of stuff online or like a lot of people texting and are calling, Oh, put him in the minors, buy him out, trade him. Guys, please just stop. Like Huberto's here for a long time and he's not going anywhere. He's not going to the press box. He's not going to the minors and they can't buy him out. So I like, I just wish people just stop talking about it because that's not happening. He's here for quite a long time. And, and um, all we can hope for is just for him to keep getting better and better and, and, 
and, you know, um, try to be one of our better players. That's all we could hope for for the long term, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and I mean the the talk of the minors is silly. He's got a he's got a no move clause. He can block yeah. he can block literally any transaction he uh, he so chooses with that thing. Yeah, and I see people online and I'll buy him out. Like you can't buy him out, and you're not gonna buy him out. It's just ridiculous. But we'll move on. But I just wanted to vent that because I keep hearing that. Um, you know, and then another thing right now, it's unfortunate that. We're kind of just in the mushy middle still, you know, and and that's kind of where the season's headed. I feel like I feel like we're so close to being at the bottom as well. So it's kind of like it's hard as a fan because you always want them to win, but you know, we're if we just lost a few more, we could be so close to the you know a top five pick possibly. And and if we're just talking about long term success and where we want this team to be some point. In, in our lifetimes, and that's to try to win a championship. We know you build with some high-end picks, and, and so, so that's just a little bit of a concern for me. It is the mushy middle right now. They're going to, at this rate, this is exactly how the season's going to go. They're going to be right on the cusp. You know, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this point, to be honest. There's a lot of teams they're going to beat, and there's not a lot of spots open. There's, there's maybe a couple wild-card spots open, I would say, but – but there's some good teams fighting for those wild card spots. Like, uh, you know, there's Minnesota, there's Nashville's in there, I believe. There's the Oilers. Um, and I just so I just yeah. think we're going to just miss the playoffs again. We're going to get a middling first-round pick. And I think for a team that wants to change and just kind of change the direction, you've already seen it this year with a lot of the young guys that have played and, and so many more people getting chances, and we don't have those 35, 36-year-old fourth-liners on the team it's just a little it's a little tough to see in my opinion a little bit um so just, what's tough to yeah. see cuz cuz i'm i'm a, a so they like they're they're going to be making some significant trades here between now and the end of the regular season or between now and the trade deadline that'll ha- potentially have a um an impact on their competitiveness level yeah, no, that, that is true, and I guess that's that's what we'll be seeing in the future here. But right now, it just seems like the mushy middle, and until those moves are made, you know, that's just how it feels. And I'm well, sure yes, once there's we no doubt moves, that right now, yeah, right, right now, Trav, there's no doubt they they absolutely are what you're describing them as of right now. They're still a below 500 team. They have not been above 500 since game four of the regular season. So, yeah, they, they absolutely are what you're describing them as right now. Um, and and I get it. That is not – as a fan, you're kinda, you kind of you kind of get sick of that being the case on a regular basis. So, no, no, you're, there, there's nothing – I don't think there's anything inaccurate about what you're saying there. Um, I just think that – um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see the way this thing looks once the Flames make some of these decisions with some of the players that they got to make decisions on. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see. I guess the trade freeze is up. The New Year's coming. I think so far we've seen the deal he made for Sharon Govich, and he got ridiculed for that deal to begin with. But I think if you – look at it now, whatever we're 35 games in or whatever it is in that range. Um, I think a lot of people probably like that trade at this point. So, you know, if he can make some more good trades like that and, and 
just kind of restock the coverage. I think that that'd be a good thing. And, you know, it's not all doom or gloom. Obviously we've seen some of these players come up this year. I think Coronado's knocking at the door and probably just learning to play pro coming from college and pretty much lighting up the American league. Pretty, pretty good. I would say, and then, you know, there's some good defense, too. Like, I think – I don't know a lot about ETN Moran, but but I think you have some pretty glowing reviews of him. We have Jeremy, Jeremy Poirier, who we think could bring up some pretty nice high-end offensive um, upside to the NHL. We're hoping, obviously, he's young and he's got to prove it, and there's some other defensive liabilities there. You know, we have Pelche who's probably coming back. Um, I think Honzek, yeah, he, he's, I don't know, he's obviously probably a couple of years away, I'd imagine, but, but I think he's had a pretty decent showing in the juniors right now. So, you know, and we, we just keep adding to that prospect pool with the guys that have already come up this year. I think, you know, um, let's give Connor some time because people are, you, you see them kind of ripping him a little bit. It's like, it's so premature. Give him a few years here before like let him put his snap on this team. And I think that would take two or three years to, to put a real stamp onto this team and, and to see the direction wow. the flames and going. The first, the first stamp that he'll put on it is what happens between now and the trade deadline. So uh, there's, there's yeah. a, that's going to be a big, that's going to be a big first step for him shaping this organization. Trav, I got to move on my friend, but yeah. good to hear from you as always. Hey, thanks bud. You have a good night. Have a great new year. Don't drink too much and stay safe. Happy New Year. I feel like um, an absolute bag of garbage, so um, I uh, don't think I'll be going anywhere near an alcoholic beverage on this New Year's Eve 2023. Uh, 4-3 final score. Flames beat the Philadelphia Flyers on New Year's Eve. Let's say hello to Mark on the Flames Talk postgame show. What's up, Mark? Hey, Pat. Thanks for taking my call, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for... Thanks for spending your, your New Year's Eve with us. I know it's, uh, you've got probably a million other things to do, and it's awesome to have a chance to talk to Flames with you. It was a uh, good, good game, great game, actually, from the Flames. Um, and the, obviously the best thing we're starting to see is that little bit of that glimmer, I think, in Huberto's eyes. Um, it's a little, like his chin is lifted a little bit. He seems like he's feeling something, which hopefully is the beginning of a, you know, the, the chapters turning as we're going into 2024, because as much as we want, you know, a guy like Celebrini, the reality is we need to get max value from, from Huberto. He's with us and he's, he's got to be one of our best players. Um, And, you know, what I know we all want, a, you know, a good, a, you know, a high draft pick or a high quality draft pick. Um, but the risk right. is you, you, you go out and you trade and, or you, you start to, you know, fail for, you know, to fall into the top five and you get a, you miss it's the, the reality is there's no guarantees that that you're going to get the game changer that you want. Um, it's just the reality is, you know, there's guys like you know Neil Yakupov who seem like a solid choice, and you've got you you can't put all your eggs in that one basket. So what I do love about the team is they are establishing, they seem to be establishing a culture. Um, they're working hard. Uh, they're putting they're they're you know they look like a team that actually is is engaged at all times, and I think that we couldn't. I didn't feel like last season we could 
even though, you know, Sutter always preached hard work, it didn't always seem like it translated onto the ice. So that's a fun. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's a foundational piece. And I think what you can do with a guy like Huberto is you, you can see it as an anchor, like a boat anchor that could, (laughs) his contract could be a boat anchor, but he also could be a foundational piece that you can build the team around. And uh, I think, I think we're going to get there. I think we're, we're tr- trending in the right direction. And what I'm interested in seeing is what, if we can break the, like, have you ever seen a time where draft picks were more overvalued by teams? Like last year, you couldn't pry it out of some, pry a draft pick out of a team with, from their cold, dead hands. I, um, so the question is, is there, does that open up some doors where is those players that are, you know, sub that, you know, there's, there's those players that were drafted that haven't quite broken through that you could get. Um, that might be the, the, only, the route we go. And that actually might be a better route because in that case, you're getting guys that you, you've seen their development, that you've seen their development, you kind of know who they are and you can plug and play. You might be able to plug and play them versus guys that you're kind of taking, you know, even if they're good draft picks, they're, they're a lottery. It's, it's one of those things you're getting a lottery pick. In, like, is it not a, oh, you wish it was a lottery pick, but it is like a, getting an actual lottery uh, ticket. And you For hope sure. it pays off. And so I, I think that it might end up being some, I think we might end up seeing that actually turn into a benefit for us if, in the grand scheme of things where we're not trading, we're not necessarily may not get a lot of first round draft picks for the guys that we're trading. But we probably are going to get guys. I think we might get guys that have that would actually be, we would, might not have been able to get in the past because teams are so he- heavily overvaluing their draft picks. So yeah, I was. I'm thinking they de- there, there definitely I, I, has been. Just just hold on one sec. Sorry about the delay. It's uh, it's not your fault. There's something something going on with our with our. Um, connection here at the saddle dome it makes for a awkward delay sometimes on the phone line but <laughs> no you know one of the things that i think we're seeing is is that it's it's a it's a league i don't know if i would say i don't know if i would say full-on overvaluing but definitely valuing draft picks way more than ever before and it's not like draft picks weren't valued before but the way you put it is a good way of putting it like you it feels like you have to pry a pick from a team's cold dead hands if you want to get a first round pick especially out of a team these days and i think that's because of the lessons that have been learned in a cap era um i I think that when you're working with a salary cap um those those developed players that have the um the, the cap on their cap hit uh, are so valuable. So I think that's a big reason why. Um, but to your point, I agree. And I think that it's also very much exactly where Craig Conroy and the Flames are thinking as well. If they can find somebody who has been selected by another team but is maybe a little further down their NHL depth chart right now um, because maybe they're a little bit closer to a high-end competitive window or something like that, um, I think those are absolutely the type of players that you could see the Flames going after in in some of these trades that it feels like they're inevitably going to make. So, yeah, um, yeah. To, to that point, um, yeah, and, and – and, you know, I, I bring this up not because I think they're going to get the next franchise player, but, you know, when they traded Joe Newendike, it was a very different time. I grant you that. It's 1995, and, and it's not uh, – or 1996 or whenever it was, and uh, not 
2023-2024, but they didn't get a first-round pick for Joe Newendike. They got a high-end prospect in Jerome Ginla. And, and so I'm not saying they're going to get that type of player, but I'm just saying that those are the types of deals. You know, there have been other deals that have been made very similarly around the NHL where instead of a – Instead of a first-round pick, you are getting a really good prospect, right? So, um, yeah, to, to, uh, a long answer to your question, um, I, uh, I do think that that is something they'll be looking for, and I think that it's smart yeah. for them to be looking at that. That's, that's the, the best thing about the, the direction of – if you can get value from your best players. So the, the best thing that we're seeing right now is, you know, Markstrom – He's, he's playing well enough that you can keep him or you can trade him. It gives you the option, right? You don't have, you don't feel like you're trapped, you know, in, in a straight jacket where you, there's nothing you can do. Um, so I think, and that's ultimately, if you can get that same value out of Huberto, not that you're going to trade him or anything, but it just takes that burden off of you or you can, you know, that if something happened and there was an opportunity you can get full value from your player, whether they keep them or you trade them. So yeah, it's uh, it yep. was. It's, I think it's one of those weird things where the team is in. Yes, we're in the mushy middle technically, but I also think that we're actually seeing positive trends within the team. That you know that I think if we did, and the thing is, a lot of the positive trends are on guys that we're actually not planning on trading. Uh, it's not necessarily the guys that the, the you know it's not. If we trade a lot, Lindholm. You know, he hasn't been – it may not be a big drop-off. He just hasn't been himself this season. So I think we're seeing a lot of the, the, the other players take, take, do so well. Um, that I think we'll, be, we'll still be pretty competitive even when we make those trades. But I do, once again, want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us tonight. Have a happy new year, and uh, go Flames go. Thank you, man. Appreciate the call, Mark. You be well. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 on this New Year's Eve Sunday. Flames win 4-3 over the Philadelphia Flyers as we say hello to Anand. What's going on, Anand? Good evening, buddy. How are you? I'm good, buddy. What's going on? I'm doing good. Yeah, I didn't watch uh, much of the game tonight. Uh, I was at the Red Lobster uh, place for a New Year's uh, Eve dinner party. Uh, but yeah, fun game tonight. I saw that we won 4-3. Uh, yeah, just want to first of all wish you a happy New Year uh, to you and the crew at uh, Sportsnet. I got a chance to meet Jerome again yesterday as well. Uh, so that was amazing. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, Flames have been playing really consistently and nice over the uh, past couple of games as well. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing win. Um, congrats to Coleman for his uh, 500 uh, game and a goal as well, the game-winning goal. And then uh, Backland as well got a goal in. Uh, that was amazing. I like how uh, Huberto looked great tonight as well. Um, he gave that pass to Gilbert to score the goal. Uh, so I think if he can keep the line between Huberto, Lindholm and Sharangovic and uh, Manjipane with Backland and Coleman, let's try that for a couple of games moving forward. I think uh, that will that will look great too. And yeah, Konazari, uh, Kadri and possible still that line looks great. So yeah, I think we are stringing uh, back everything together when it comes to uh, the consistency that we need and the wins we need. So I'm excited what to come next. And uh, yeah, it will be a good year ahead for Flames, especially uh, when we're talking about some trade talks as well that's looming around. 
So, yeah. All right. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much once again. Happy New Year to you and the crew. And, yeah, talk to you on January 2nd. Okay. Uh, 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 you have yourself a great night, Anne. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon. Have a good one. Have a good and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, bud. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you, Anand. Uh, as the Flames take a 4-3 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers on New Year's Eve here at the Scotiabank Saddledome, uh, let's select tonight's uh, Player with Heart. Uh, tonight's Player with Heart is brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. And I'm going to go with a guy that I, I really um, I really agonized on the three stars in this game tonight. Um, and I ended up not having this guy as one of my three stars. Uh, but you know what? Dennis Gilbert's playing some really good hockey right now, and uh, I think Dennis Gilbert's got to get a little bit of love here as well. He scored the go-ahead goal. He had a goal and an assist in this game. His goal was maybe the most important one of the night. It was the uh, one set up by Jonathan Huberdeau. Gilbert finished his night with 13 minutes and 52 seconds of ice time, had the two points, three shots, uh, all three of his attempts. Kemp's actually got on net. One of them was a scoring chance. Yeah, I thought it was a uh, I thought it was a good night for Dennis Gilbert, and we'll go with him as tonight's player with heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven treatments. Not available at your doctor's office. Visit HeartFit.ca. And speaking of Dennis Gilbert, let's hear from him right now. He spoke post game inside the Flames locker room. Hey, how did that one feel? Because that looked like you've been doing it every night all season long. That looked as natural as it came. How to take us through it? Yeah, I mean, um, I was just telling those guys out there, like, um, not really my calling card or what I'm known for by any means. So anything I can do offensively to help uh, chip in here and there is just gravy on top of my game. So um, a lot of emotion, obviously. Like, it was super exciting. But, uh, yeah, not something I'm known for. That celebration might be something you're known for. <laughs> yeah, it was like high school all over again. <laughs> when, when you jump into the rush like that, do you know the pass is coming? Uh, no, I, I saw Colsey kind of take a spill, so I was honestly just checking to see if he was like, all right. And then Hubie had it, and we know what kind of great vision he has. He's such a good passer, and he found me and uh, just got it over the goalie shoulder. I earlier described it as being like Steph Curry, like you almost turned away and started celebrating before it was in. Did you uh, know coming off your stick that that one was going I, on? I had a couple like other chances, oddly enough, tonight. Um, <laughs> so when, when I was able to handle the pass and I saw the net, I mean, just super excited it went in, and then it's cool. I mean, it's such an awesome building, and um, that's my first goal at home as a flame, and uh, feeling that building kind of jump up, and it's a big game for us, tie game, third period. So, yeah, it was it was a really cool memory for me. You, you looked like uh, you looked over at Huberto after that. You, do you know the significance of that point for him? I, uh, honestly, no. Like, I just – it was just such a good pass. So, I mean, we get those in practice all the time from him, and um, just a matter of time until uh, he was going to get clicking for us and such a good pass, and then, you know, bang, there it is. You're playing with Rasmus Anderson. He had that one move early on in the backhand. What's it like playing with him out there? You mentioned had a few more chances. Was that part of it? Yeah, I mean, he's a super crafty player. Um, he definitely attracts a lot of attention to himself. And when you're playing with someone like that, um, how I look at it is you just want to be super good complimentary to your partner. Um, so making sure you're getting the puck to him if you think he has some ice, um, whether that's in the offensive zone or in transition. And he can create a ton. So um, maybe that's why I was a little more open today because everyone's worried about where he is in the O-zone, but <laughs> I'll take it. And on, and on, Matt, on Michael's goal, uh, you know, making that play at the blue line to keep things going, did, did you get a sense that they were tired, that you have an opening? 
yeah, I actually fumbled a pass before that on a rush, and then it kicked back out to me, and I knew they were kind of tired, end of a shift, and me and Chris were out there too. We were actually about to change, and it squirted up. I tried to get it back down to Mange, and had a great play, and backs makes the finish. So now that you're done one, do you, do you mind the post-game scrubs? I mean, you guys are being pretty nice. So <laughs> the worst thing. You're, you're allowed to you know, feel good about yourself and take credit. You don't have to always be self-deprecating. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of just how I am. Even keel, just go with the flow and, you know, take one day at a time and don't get too high, don't get too low. Did you have a New Year's resolution to maybe score one? Any prediction on that that you may have felt? <laughs> I mean, no, but, like, I hadn't scored this year, so would have been tough if it's, like, in March, and they're like, first goal of the year. Like, <laughs> that would have been kind of a tough look. Uh, my New Year's resolution was to take a daily vitamin to be healthy. <laughs> well, How does a result like today help turn the corner and turn the page into a new year for you guys? Yeah, it's good. I mean, we, we wanted to really try to take this game and build on it. We have, um, you know, an important road trip coming up with a bunch of good teams that are kind of in that same thick of it heat pack of us trying to chase teams and chase teams down. So, um, you know, to get started on the road with a good win tonight and end the new year on a high note and get ready to go. There you go. That is Dennis Gilbert post game. He had a goal as part of that goal and an assist, in fact, as part of this 4-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. As uh, we continue along in your Flames Talk post game show, it's Pat Steinberg along with you. And tonight's game has been brought to you by South Point Toyota. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time tonight. Let's hear from uh, the number one star in this game. How about three assists for Andrew Mangiapane? He spoke post-game following tonight's 4-3 win over the Flyers. Those last few moments there when things were starting to get a little hairy and nothing was safe. Yeah, it was a little uh, a little hectic, uh, right? But uh, it was good that we kind of came away with the, the win. And, you know, we bent a little bit there, but we were able to, like I said, get the two points and, you know, now just kind of move on. Where do you credit the difference? Because they did push it, and you guys were able to put one down. Where do you look at the difference tonight? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it was going to be a you know close hockey game. They're a hard-working team over there. So we knew that we had to kind of match their compete and match their kind of grind level uh, throughout the whole game, right? They're not going to give you anything for free. So we knew we had to match that and, you know, give a little bit extra, right? And I think that's what we did. Is it is it like riding a bike playing with, with Backland Coleman? Yeah, I'm comfortable there, obviously. Uh, played, yeah, uh, <laughs> playing there for, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of games. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's fun, obviously. And obviously we had a, a good night tonight, right? But, yeah, I think we're just the have a lot of chemistry together. We know where each other are on the ice. Andrew, for you personally, to be involved in, in three goals, um, you know, as that primary assist to get you kind of going offensively, can, what can this game do for you? Yeah, it's good. It's good for, uh, obviously, I think uh, my confidence levels, right? Uh, just have a good game, and, you know, I think um, of late, I've been kind of trending in the right direction. Obviously, I think there's some plays uh, where you just kind of kind of keep building, right? That's just how it is, and uh, just got to keep working hard, and, you know, tonight it's kind of paid off for me. Dennis Gilbert goes down on one knee, the massive fist bump. Like, is that the set yeah. of the year? Yeah, yeah, it may be. We might have sealed it on the on the last uh, day here, right? So, uh, yeah, it was a great shot by him, a great pass by Hubie, and uh, it was a nice play all around, right? There you go. That is Andrew Mangiapane post-game as the Flames take a 4-3 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. Andrew with three assists, primary assists on a Nazem Kadri goal, a Blake Coleman goal, which was the game winner, and the Michael Backlund game-tying goal which came late in period number two. Uh, okay, it's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. Let's look ahead. It's time to look ahead, and looking ahead is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. Learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer. Visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. So the Flames will 
kick off the calendar year of 2024 with a four-game road trip that starts Tuesday night in Minnesota. They'll take on the Wild at 6 o'clock. It'll be live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan and on Sportsnet West on television. Uh, Wild have won both games against the Flames head-to-head so far this year. This will be the third and final meeting between the two Western Conference rivals. Wild took a 5-2 win and a 3-2 shootout win uh, both this month. The 5-2 win here at the Dome, the 3-2 shootout win in St. Paul. Overall, Flames are 4-2-2 in their last seven games, eight games rather, with Minnesota uh, dating back to the 21-22 season. So that is first up on the road trip. That is Tuesday night. Then they're into Nashville for a Thursday night game. And then Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Calgary time, they'll take on this same Philadelphia Flyers team. Those are the next few games for the Flames as they kick off that road trip on Tuesday night. That's your uh, Looking Ahead feature. Looking Ahead is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. Let's get back to the text line and continue on there at 960-960. Thank you to Smiley for the uh, uh, joyful and healthy 2024 thoughts. You as well, Smiley. Be well. Happy New Year. Uh, This reads, a great game for the Flames. They grinded it out. Lindholm showing that he's not a finisher. That's going to hurt his trade value. I don't think Lindholm's trade value has taken that much of a hit. I think the teams know exactly what he is. I think the teams look at him as a great potential number two center uh, to go behind their number one guy, uh, and, and at least in some of these situations. Colorado's the team that has been most linked to Elias Lindholm. Well, he'd slot in uh, probably right, well, definitely right behind Nathan McKinnon. And then you could probably go uh, McKinnon, Lindholm, and Ross Colton if you want to go one, two, three that way, or you can flex Colton to the wing and go one, two, three with Johansson as the number three center. That's the same with Dallas. Um, same with New Jersey, same with Vegas. These are just some of the potential fits that could work for Elias Lindholm. So I don't think his trade value has really changed that much personally between the beginning of the season and where things are right now. Um, this says, I took my uh, one-and-a-half-year-old to his first game tonight. Kid wouldn't blink. He was so into it. Thanks, Calgary, for a win. Better result than my first game. Happy New Year, Flames fans. Stay safe and celebrate the win. That's very cool. I'm glad that... Uh, your uh, one-and-a-half-year-old could uh, watch. That's very neat, and uh, glad your son was able to see a win. Uh, this says, Erson's strap broke on his helmet. I was sitting behind him. Shouldn't have been a penalty then. Uh, no, because he threw it off and, and very clearly threw it off. Like, you kind of have to, if you use your head to knock it off, they won't call it a delay a game, but because he threw it off, I think that's why they called it the delay of game. Um, this from Glennon Kamloops is nice to listen to a Flames win while heading back from Vancouver. Happy New Year. Safe travels, everyone. Don't drink and drive. I agree. Uh, this from, I don't know who this is from, but it says, Pat, just wondering if Oliver Shillington's going to play this year. Last year he didn't play for personal reasons. Is it fair to say his NHL career is over? No, I don't think it's fair to say that. Uh, Oliver continues to skate. He continues to be around team facilities it's kind of been that way for the last month or so he's been skating and and being around the team and and kind of working out in an official capacity 
as opposed to on his own. Um, he's been in contact with Craig Conroy and, and Ryan Huska. Um, do I think his career is over? No, I do not. Do I know if he's going to play this season? No, I do not. There's no pressure, and there shouldn't be. I think the Flames have handled this really, really well uh, since the very beginning, and so I don't I don't know if he's going to play. Um, I hope, because that would be awesome, just to see him back on the ice from a, just a personal standpoint. It would be really neat to see him overcome and get back. Um, but if he doesn't play this year, I think there's a very strong chance that he'd be willing to take a, a very team-friendly contract this summer and, and try to resume his career next year. It's it's a whole lot closer now, I believe, than it really ever has been since Oliver stepped away in September of 2022. So don't know if he's going to play this year, but um, I, I, do think that, uh, I do think that it would be Really premature to say that his career is over because I don't think it is. Uh, this reads from Randy. Good night for Huberto and Mangiapane, two guys who could really use a confidence boost. Happy New Year and thanks for what you do night in, night out. And that comes from Randy. Thank you, Randy. Really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, I think that Mangiapane and Huberto were two of the big stories of this game just in the fact they were able to both, you know, snap out of some droughts. They both played big parts in the impact of the game. Hopefully it can be something that, Spurs both guys on here going forward. Parsons writes, gritty win by the Flames tonight. Thought Huberto had a much better game tonight. Marky was solid again. Good-looking lines tonight. Happy New Year's to you, Wazam, Mick, uh, Wilsey, and everyone who makes this program possible, as well as all the regular callers and those who are not so regulars. Here's to an interesting 2024. Happy New Year to you as well, Pars. Um, and Magarsa says, looking forward to 2024, and whatever's to come for the Flames, bring on the change. There you go on the text line at 960-960. A few more phone calls before we wrap things up this evening. This is your Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Let's say hello to Josh. What's up, Josh? Not much, Pat. You? Not much, buddy. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't phoned in since the team was good. Yeah. You know, um, I, I just wanted to call in and say that there's one thing that the I forgot his name, but the second caller mentioned really well, um, that you don't really need to load up on draft picks. And I think that's what everyone's kind of wrapped, like, too focused on, about trading Lindholm, Hannafin, Tanev, all those guys. Like, you look at what Buffalo did. I know they've been in a playoff route for some time now, but they had a really good center in Ryan O'Reilly, and they traded him off to St. Louis and they end up winning a Stanley Cup to St. Louis with Ryan O'Reilly. Um, but they got a pretty key part back with Tage Thompson. And I think the, the, what Craig really needs to, to do is look at these prospects coming back and, and see do they have the it factor to be a difference maker instead of loading up on all these picks. Yeah, I, uh, I think there's something to that. I, I do think for both Hannafin and Lindholm, I, I do think – trying to get a first-rounder out of those deals if you do end up moving them, I think is still important. But uh, to your point, I, I do think that some guys like that a little bit, um, you know, younger players who are maybe looking for their opportunity in the NHL, <laughs> still high-end players, um, I think that's that's absolutely something they're very interested in as well. Yeah, because you look at like teams like Dallas and LA, and like I know that Huberto is nothing like a like a Kopitar going back to Roberts' call a few few nights ago, and about how he almost got into a fight with a fan boat saying you got to build around 
around a guy like Kobitar and that Hubert could be that guy. He's not. But if you look at what Greg Millen said on the broadcast a few nights ago, um, the Dallas Stars kind of did that really well with uh, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn and them accepting that that second-line role. And if Hubert Owen, Hubert Owen and whatnot can yeah. embrace that, we're in pretty good shape. And going forward with that, Zari's looking great. I don't think anyone really expected the production that he's got given us so far. Same with Pospisil. Like, I honestly, I had no idea this guy existed, really, to be honest. And he kind of came in flying down the ice, and it's awesome. Um, Weger looks great, but yeah, other than that, there's this team is, is kind of trending in the right direction. He would have looked good tonight. And you know what? I, if, if that's just a glimpse of what you're going to see kind of going forward with that line, I mean, we're in pretty good shape and hopefully he can, I know you don't think he, Lindholm's trade value's t- taken a hit, but, um, hopefully he can make Lindholm start looking a little bit better and a little bit more like that finisher that we saw him with Goudreau and, and kind of boost that, boost that trade value up a little bit more. I mean, there's. I, I don't think there would be any downside to uh, what you just said there. Like, if all of a sudden that line is is um, really really good together and it boosts Lindholm's production, that that that's not going to hurt his trade value either. And and while I don't think personally that his trade value has been. Um, really hurt all that much since that I, I think that his contract has taken quite a hit but I don't know if his trade value has um, but it's not going to hurt you if he starts being more productive on a line with Huberdo I know that much yeah absolutely and and one last thing is I'm surprised that you're not really hearing too much about like you're hearing Lindholm a little bit linked with the with the abs the Bruins whatnot New Jersey whatever mm-hmm. I'm surprised you're not really hearing like, the Winnipeg Jets kind of in the in the mix of with for all these kind of guys because they have a pretty deep prospect pool. They got some picks. They got Kobe Barlow, Cole Perfetti, that kind of stuff. I mean, if they wanted to really push in the playoffs. You'd think they'd they'd be kind of linked to one of those guys, no? Um, I think that it would make a lot of sense. I, I do think. I want to see Pierre Lebrun uh, linked Winnipeg to Lindholm um, or or somebody. Re- I don't want to. I, if it wasn't Lebrun, I, I don't want to uh, say it was. I actually think it was somebody on NHL Network who uh, linked Lindholm to Winnipeg recently. So yeah, I think from a fit standpoint, it would work really well. Um, so yeah, I, I think Winnipeg would absolutely be a team that you could look at as a potential trade partner. Yeah, cool. Anyways, Pat, I appreciate it. We'll have a happy new year, and uh, hopefully I'll call back when this team's good again. Well, it's good to have you back anyway, Josh. Good call. I missed the good calls from Josh. Uh, Be well, buddy. Hopefully we talk soon. Thanks, bud. You too. Happy new year. Uh, Let's continue along, and let's say hello to Ben. What's going on, Ben? How's it going, Patty? Big fan. First time caller, not last time caller. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. Welcome aboard. Just want to talk about Dennis Gilbert tonight. Have a day. Is that guy yeah. like you know, is he is he trending towards power play one? <laughs> um it might ask be, him hey, maybe, we yeah. need a spark. Um, we need a spark. We need a spark. You had a good game, man. It was uh, it was fun to watch, and and not you know, all, I will say this about Gilbert: toe drag release it like the dart can. Let me tell you, Gilbert toe drag release. That was nice. 
It was uh, that was more like Denny Gilbert as opposed to Dennis Gilbert. Um, and uh, he, you know what? He's the um, he's the unrestricted or one of the unrestricted free agents that sometimes doesn't get talked about the same amount as the big names do. But I think he absolutely he, is he a guy that if I'm game, making though, the like... decisions, I'm, I'm looking at bringing him back. Totally. No, I'm just saying I'm looking at bringing him back. Like I. I, I think that he's a a really nice player to keep around. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's he's starting to develop into a great player. Now, let me tell you, Flames. This is my prediction: second round exit. We're making the playoffs. Okay. It staying in the middle like we always do. But hey, this team's kind of trending. Hey, if they uh, if they make the playoffs and trade away the guys that I think they need to trade away, I think that would be a very, very successful year for them. Um, I so 100% agree. Be, uh, that, that's, that's the dream. Yeah. Well, you know what? Calgary's city of dreams. So, anyways, happy New Year, Pat. Have a good one. You as well, Ben. Appreciate the call as uh, the Flames take a 4-3 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers on this Sunday night. Happy New Year. Uh, New Year's Eve win for the Flames here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, that will wrap us up on the phone lines here on our Flames Talk post-game show. Thanks for your texts. Thanks for your phone calls. Been a good night. The Flames wrap up the calendar year of 2023 with a 4-3 victory. Hard-fought one, too, over the Philadelphia Flyers. It's time for tonight's final summary. Here's how we got to tonight's final score. Actually, Flyers had the uh, only goal of the first 38 minutes or so of this game as Rasmus Ristolainen made it one nothing at the 944 mark of the first period. Ristolainen's first from Ryan Paling and Joel Farabee and the Flyers led 1-0 after 20 minutes of play. Late in the second period, Flames finally break through on a Michael Backlund rocket. The captain ties it at 18-21 of the second period. Backlund's eighth from Andrew Mangiapane and Dennis Gilbert and we had a 1-1 tie after 40 minutes of play. To the third period we go and it's Gilbert who gives the Flames their first lead of the game on a beautiful pass from Jonathan Huberdeau and a great finish from Dennis. Uh, Gilbert rockets home his first goal of the season, his first ever home goal as a member of the Flames. Gilbert from Huberdeau and Blake Coleman at 7.29 and the Flames led at 2-1. Then exactly seven minutes later on a 4-on-4, 2-on-1, Nazem Kadri calls his own number and rips it past Sam Erson to make it 3-1. Kadri's 10th from Mangiapane at 14.29 and the Flames had a two-goal lead at 3-1. Into the final three and a half minutes or so we go and the Flyers decide to get aggressive with pulling their goaltender and it works. Bobby Brink gets the Flyers back within one with his seventh of the year. Brink from Cam Atkinson and Scott Lawton at 16-36. We had a 3-2 game, but head coach John Tortorella decides to keep the goalie pulled, and uh, even with about three and a half minutes to go, doesn't put Urson back in, decides to go with the six-on-five again, and the Flyers do pay on that because Blake Coleman scores what would eventually be the game winner with just over two minutes to go. Coleman's 13th of the season into an empty net came from Mangiapane at 17.42 to make it 4-2. Less than a minute later, the Flyers got one back. Uh, Igor Zamula from the point makes it 4-3. His third of the year from Travis Konechny and Morgan Frost at 18.36. The Flyers back within one, but they could not find that equalizer. Jacob Markstrom and the Flames shut the door for from there for a 4-3 final score. Final shots were even at 31 aside. Flames finish 0 for 2 on the power play. Philadelphia 0 for 4 with the man advantage. 
tonight. The three stars in the building tonight, number three, Jonathan Huberdeau, number two in his 500th NHL game, Blake Coleman, and with a trio of primary assists, Andrew Mangiapane, your number one star this evening. With the win, Calgary improves to 15-16-5. and five. They're back in action Tuesday on the road in Minnesota, while Philadelphia falls to 19-12-5. and five. They're back in action Tuesday. They wrap up this road trip in Edmonton. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Jeff Mason, for our reporter, Matty Rose, and for our outstanding producer, Shan Vergie. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. As I said, next up for the Flames is Tuesday in Minnesota. Minnesota. That is a 6 o'clock face-off, which means we're on the air at 5 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a very safe and happy new year. Have a great 2024. Hope it is awesome, prosperous, wonderful, and uh, full of good things for you in 2024. That's the next time we'll talk to you on Flames Talk. So have a happy, happy new year. Your final score on New Year's Eve from the Scotiabank Saddledome, Flames 4 and Flyers 3. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show available where wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.